Amen. Praise God. Well, we, um, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the role of a pastor, and we're going to talk some more about that this morning. If you missed the first one, it's on our website or on our podcast. There's a number of places you can go. Listen, but we're not going to reiterate all that. We're going to build on it. So, um, you know, if you missed that, go back and listen to it because we did cover some things there. That, But we're going we're gonna to fly over and um, talk about a few things and get everybody on the same page before we move forward. So we'll review a little bit, but that would be well worth your time to go listen to that. Ephesians 4, verse 7. It says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Verse uh, 8, therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. He gave gifts to men. Verse 11, let's skip down to verse 11. It says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the edifying or building up of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man or mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying or building up of itself in love. Now, we're going we're gonna to come back to this verse, but let's just read uh, the beginning of it. It says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and teachers, uh, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, we talked about um, some of the different aspects of uh, a pastor's role. We, there's, there's a number of uh, offices listed here, but we're specifically talking about the pastor because that um, affects all of us. John verse, uh, 10, verse 10. We read these last time, but we'll take a little bit of time to go through them. It says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come, this is Jesus speaking, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Who? Jesus. So just as we, we covered some of these things, but just as we're, we're reviewing, uh, in, in Ephesians it says, God gave gifts unto men, one of these being pastors, of course all these ministry gifts. Why? So that saints, that's us, Christians, would be built up so that the body of Christ would be built up so that we'd be matured. Now Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. So he is the over-shepherd. He's the one that's truly feeding his church. And then he has under-shepherds that do that. We'll see that. Hebrews 13, 20. It says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to, be, to whom be glory forever and ever. So it says, Jesus 
If you go back to the beginning of it, the Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. So he is the, Jesus said of himself, he's the good shepherd. Here it says, Jesus is the great shepherd. And then let's look at um, 1 Peter 5, 4. It says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. So here it's talking about Jesus as the chief shepherd. So the Bible calls Jesus the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. He's the true shepherd of the sheep. Amen? Amen. So he's the one that's overseeing all of us who are his flock, who are his sheep. In Matthew 18... um, Let's just read verse 18. It says, I, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will, shall not prevail against it. Jesus said on this rock, talking about the word of the revelation of God, I will build my church. So who is building his church? Jesus. He is the shepherd of the church. He's the one that's building the church. Now let's look at 1 Peter 5. Now all these, I think I'm going to fast through some of these. We already went through some of these, so go. But we're just kind of laying a foundation for what we're going to go further and say today. All, we, um, all those scriptures are available in the last message. And if you go back, we'll go into depth on some of these things a little more. We're just reviewing. 1 Peter 5, verse 1 says, the elders who are among you I exhort, who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you. So he's saying the elders, he's referring to pastors. The elders can refer to all the fivefold ministry, the ones we read in the beginning, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But it says, the elders who are among you I exhort, who am a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, also partaker uh, of that which will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you. So he's telling the pastors, shepherd the flock. But we know Jesus is the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, so he's the one that is the shepherd. But notice then he's put pastors as the local shepherd of the body of Christ. And he's telling them, here Peter is saying, shepherd the flock of God which is among you. Now that word uh, shepherd, if you look at it in other translations, even the King James says this, if you look at 1 Peter 2 in the Young's Literal, if you can just put that up quick and then we'll go back to the other version. It says, feed the flock of God that is among you. Feed the flock of God that is among you. So that word, it talks about feeding and kind of guiding. But the the number one role of a pastor is to feed Christians the word of God. His roles are to feed, to lead, to guide, and to guard, to protect, to watch over. And we're going to see that. But let's go back to 1 Peter 5, um, verse 2 in the New King James. We'll read it and go on a little further. He said, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers. That word overseers is referring to pastors. It's that same word, you know, you see it as bishop, um, overseer, shepherd, elder, pastor. Here it says, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion or willingly, 
not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, he will receive, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. So he's telling pastors, he's saying, shepherd, feed the, the um, sheep that are among you, the flock that are among you. And then when the chief shepherd appears, you're going to receive a crown of glory. So what's he saying? You're entrusted to do a, do a job, do a role, to feed the church. But the chief shepherd, the one that's really looking over the whole sheep, he's going to reward you when he appears. So it, you can see the chief shepherd, Jesus, is the one that's overseeing his body. But one of the mechanisms he uses is a pastor, which is a role, which is an office, which is spiritual equipment in the body of Christ. And as Christians, we find out what church we're to be a part of that will have a pastor equipped by God. And when we're led by the Spirit to go to that congregation, to go under that pastor, then we are being shepherded through that mechanism by the chief shepherd. Does that make sense? And that's the way God set it up. We're going to see this in more scripture. So it's not the person, it's the office that the Lord set up so that he could shepherd when we hear the word shepherd, we're talking about feeding, we're talking about guiding, but we're talking about really the Lord doing it, but he does it through gifts that he set up. We read originally in Ephesians, it said he gave gifts unto men, and then he listed them, and he said that, the, that we may be built up. Let's look at, um, we'll come back to Ephesians, but 1 Peter 2 verse 1. Again, we covered some of these, but we're segueing into going a little bit further this morning. 1 Peter 2, verse 1, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So we grow by the Word of God, by the Word of God being fed to us, can we feed ourselves? Can we read the Bible? Yes, and we should. But there is this mechanism where we are being fed the anointed Word of God. What does anointed mean? That means the way the Holy Spirit is working on or through somebody. So it's actually God using people to help people. Do you see that? This is... When we're talking about these things, this is not a natural thing. This is not somebody deciding, well, I think I'll just, you know, teach the Word just because I, I want to. That's well and good. We can teach what we know, every one of us. But then what it's talking about here is actually the Lord. And we'll see this over and over. The Lord placing people in certain positions to be used by Him to minister to other parts of his flock. So it's actually him working through people and with his spirit, equipping them to minister to Christians so that we all get what we need. So it's his idea. So this isn't a club. This isn't like, hey, I think I want to be the chief of the club. I'm going to... Who, let's take a vote. Who wants to speak? 
It's not like that. It's like it, it is the Lord saying for all of us in every area. Now, we're talking about a specific role here because why are we saying, talking about this? Because it affects every one of us. Because every one of us should be in a local body and should have a pastor, period. And so we're, we're, trying, we're understanding what the Bible says about these things so we can hook up with it and be blessed by it and flow with that because the world has all kinds of crazy ideas about this. And if, you're, if the non-Christians have certainly all kinds of crazy ideas about the church, I mean, because, you know, there, there is a devil in the world. He tries to deceive. There have been people that have gotten off into the weeds and done all kinds of crazy things in the name of, name of you know, God. And there's been cults and all kinds of stuff. And all that gives a bad name to the real. Amen. You know, there's a reason drinking the Kool-Aid is a phrase because somebody actually gave all their followers Kool-Aid and they died and it was a cult. And then people think they, they, they use that phrase as like, well, you're just into something that is some following a man. That's not the church. We need to know the difference. And we need see that they'll try to the, the, see the devil's subtle. He, he, you know, he stops the move of God one of the way he tries, he can't stop God. So the way he tries to corrupt it is by getting people to go crazy in an area. So everybody else goes, whoa, I don't want to be like that. And they, they run away from it. That's, that's one of the things that happens. It happens with everything. Talking about church. Well, back decades ago, people got to where, and this, all these things are cyclical. So they come and go. There's nothing new under the sun. The Bible says that, but it just comes and goes. And then people put a different name on it and they think it's a new revelation or a new way. Not new, just different packaging. But there was decades ago, you know, people got into where they're, the shepherding movement. Yeah, the Bible uses the word shepherd, but it's not talking about people controlling people's lives, but that's what was happening. And they use some of these very scriptures to like say, hey, follow me, do what I say. That's witchcraft. That's controlling other people. The Bible says that's witchcraft. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about what the Bible said, but people saw these people where they really get tightly knit and then, you know, somebody's controlling their life and telling them what to do and people are like, whoa, I don't want any of that. And they run. I don't want to be any part of any church. I can just be out on my own. See, reject. you know, it happened with prayer. People get into prayer and people are praying. Well, then people start doing crazy things in prayer. And then people are like, well, we're not going to pray because I don't want to end up like that. So then that's how the enemy works. We have to come in and rightly divide the word, not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Say, what does the word of God says? There is a real, you know, there's supernatural movings uh, uh, of the spirit of God. There's the gifts of the spirit. There is speaking in tongues. But yeah, people have gotten nuts with some of that. They look weird. It is weird. They, they act flaky. They, they are prophesying to everybody. They have to have a move of the Spirit, they think, all the time. And you can't just generate that. It's got to be the move of the Spirit. Amen. Not, well, it's that time in the service. Let's just start doing a certain thing. No, that's just flesh. That's just people being people. But when people see that, they're like, oh, well, that's crazy. And they throw all that away. Speaking in tongues is weird. It's in the Word of God. So what is the real? What is the Bible talking about? When, you know, it's Pentecost, but we're not emphasizing that. But you know, there's whole segments of society. Like, oh, that is weird. Holy rollers. What? And they call them all kinds of stuff decades ago. Okay, so there was some weird stuff. Just look at humanity. Anything that can be weird, people will take it and make it weird. Christians are just people. They're saved people, but they're just people. 
And so the fact that people will take something and make it weird should be no surprise to anybody that's a people. <laughs> I know it's a person. We all know. There's clubs of everything, and you're like, well, you know, they take something that's just middle of the road, and they go and make it nuts, just secularly. Forget about Christian. So then when you talk about Christian, yeah, there's people that have done all kinds of crazy stuff. So then what that does is make people back off the reel. Oh, I don't want to be like that. Well, nobody wants to be like that in the right mind. This is because they, they're, they have Christian, and they're acting weird doesn't mean that's what Jesus is saying. Doesn't mean what the Bible says. That's why you got to go back to what the Word says. Not what somebody says, you know, their followers. And yeah, they may say something weird. And there's all kinds of stuff that's been done on the earth. And people have messed up and they've fallen. And they were well known and they were Christians. And then everybody says, see, they're all hypocrites. All that means is somebody fell and did something wrong. It doesn't mean everybody that professes to be a Christian is wrong. Just like it doesn't mean that anybody that actually that follows the Bible in any area is just somehow wrong in identity that you identify him with the, the worst example. That's not even logical. You know? That's like saying somebody's playing in a certain sport and somebody messes up and falls and it's like, well, they're all bad. All basketball players are bad. All football players. That's illogical. But that's what people do. They have supernatural help to do it. Because there's a, there is an enemy, there is a devil, he's trying to destroy the church. So it's not just even a natural thing. So, when you go through, and you know, we're looking at these, why, these things, why do we look at them? So that we can understand what the Bible says, so we can hook up with that, and so we can be solid and go, okay, there's a real. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press into the real, and I have scripture for it. Now let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 11. Go back there, and then we'll use that as a springboard to move forward. So it says, He gave himself some, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Notice that, to equip people to do what they're called to do, which is all of us, we all have a job to do. For the edifying of the body of Christ, for building up the body of Christ. Verse 13, Till we all come to the unity of the faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man or mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we've talked about some of that. We talked about that last week. We talked about it a little bit here. You know, a pastor uh, feeding the Word of God. We'll see it again, but just we've talked about that more some. Feeding the Word of God. We just read it so that we'd grow up. All of us can continue to grow up. Uh, and with that connotation, feeding and leading, setting the direction for a local body where we know we're hooked up with. What does that mean? We, we pray and say, God, where should I go to church? Not, hey, I really like the way this is bright and shiny and sounds good. Where on earth am I supposed to be hooked up so that the chief shepherd is going to minister to me and help me on my plan or his plan for my life? He's going to facilitate that. Partly, not all, but partly I'm going to get to where I need to be when I hook up with the right place, going the right direction with the local body. Where is that, Lord? Show me so that I can be a part of that. Because at any given time, there is one place for us to be. There's not five. Did you hear me? There's different seasons in our life. Like my, me personally, I, when I was in 
college and then a, a young professional. I was in a church in Lincoln, Nebraska. You've heard me refer to it for years. I was there. That's where I met my wife. She got, she came, traveled, did a music workshop, and we met and we were married. Uh, after that, a year later, we were married. And um, But see, I was there. At that season, I was in Lincoln, Nebraska at Abundant Life Family Church. If I would have been like, oh, I just need to go wherever. I need to, you know, just use my mind and just go, oh, well, these people have the biggest singles ministry or whatever. I would have missed my wife because her collision course was, she was going like this. I was going like this on the path and we intersected. God can get you what you need when you go where he tells you to go. Always. So that's where I was supposed to be. And that's what I endeavored to do. I said, I'm going to go to the right place. And, th- th- and they were my pastors. And I was able to receive from them and, and grow as a Christian. Well, then, I've, you know, we, we had in our heart, I had it on my heart for a long time to go to Bible school. But I knew it wasn't time. I went to get acquainted with Rhema um, weekend, which now they call it college weekend. You know, it's just a time when you go and figure out what you want to do. I went to that um, r- a year after I started going to the church, but right when I started my job. I was a software engineer. A few months after that, I, I went to that. And I went down and, and taught, you know, partook of everything and saw what's going on. And I went down with some people that were thinking they were going to go. We drove down. And they were like, we're going. We're excited. We're going. I was like, I'm not, I don't think it's time to go. I'm just supposed to just get hooked up and be here and, and just work and just work in the church and just do that. And so that's what I did. And then I met my wife and then eventually, but we had it on our heart the whole time, eventually it became time to go. And then when I went to or go to Rama, and I went in 2003 then, that was back in 97. So seven years, I went to get acquainted with Rama, just did what I knew to do that whole time. And then in 2003, moved to Rama, went there. Well, now I'm hooked up with Rama Bible Church, different church. Didn't Pastor Hagen's my pastor. Had a conversation with him once about some certain things. I said, you're my pastor now, and I'm, I'm laying this on you, and, and talked about some things. Then later, we moved out here. Well, I didn't just go get hooked up with some church. We knew we moved out here to start a church, so I didn't want to get into a church where then I'm going to get out of that. I, we started having little things at our home just with our family because we were getting ready to launch a church. And then we started a Bible study and then we started the church. And so that's what we did. But over those times, I was in one place. You know, I hooked up with where I was supposed to be and I was fed and grew in the place that, um, where I believe God wanted me to be. So you're going to grow. You're going to, the plan of God is going to be facilitated for your life. As you hook up in that place, you're going to be fed the word of God. You're also going to have opportunities to grow, to develop. You're going to get spiritual direction from the word of God, you know, that are going to help you be on the right track. That happened over and over. I've told you, I, I would show up for church and things were deposited in me that were exactly what I needed. And that, it's God doing it. It's not, it's not my pastor. I mean, he's a good man. You know, pastor's wife is a good, good lady, but it's not them humanly. They're being used supernaturally and God's speaking to me through his word by his spirit to get us on the right track. I remember there was, um, I don't think he even remembered it because I talked to him every day. He's like, I said that. We were getting ready to move to Rama when I was in, I was in Lincoln, Nebraska. It was 2003. We were getting ready to move. I'd already told everybody it was going to be a few weeks. And I was there on a Wednesday night, and I was, I was the music minister, so I was 
beginning to transition. I had been for months, I told him months earlier, um, beginning to transition out of the, the music ministry, and I, I had everybody else going on their instruments and then singing and everything. So I was sitting out in the congregation, and in the middle of the, he's talking about something, and in the middle of it, he's talking about being led by God, or I don't remember what his sur- subject was. In the middle of it, he's like, and he said, uh, you know, you won't always know all the steps out in front of you when you're following God. And we were in the middle of looking at some things in, in Tulsa and getting a house. And we were actually leaving after that service to go down, um, to drive down there and look at some things. And my, my pastor didn't know any of that. In the middle of it, he was talking about that. He said, you're not going to always see everything out in front of you. It's not like, you know, we want it to be these big, bright lights, but sometimes it's the flashlight. And he said, Jim, and he used my name, and he goes, sometimes you're only going to see just a little bit out in front of you, and you have to just trust God. And he, I don't think he even remembered he said it. And, I, and it was just because that's where we were, and we were like, are we doing the right thing with this, this segment of what we were looking at getting? But it was just, it was God doing it. And that'll happen over and over and over. So as you get in the right place, you're going to get sped, or fed spiritually, but you're also going to have the mechanism where which you're going to be able to go forward in the plan of God for your life. The pastor doesn't have to do all of that personally. He's just overseeing it to make sure it gets done. Does that make sense? So I... I served when I was in Lincoln. I started, I, I just was like, you know, whatever you want me to do. They asked me to greet. I went and greeted. Then they asked me to clean the church. Okay, I'm there. On, on Saturday, I'll do that. They asked me to work with the youth. Okay, I'll do that. Um, asked me to play the piano. or the, They had a piano, actual acoustic piano and a, and a synthesizer. I played the synthesizer one night on a Wednesday. Asked me to do that. Knew I could play. Eventually, Transition asked me to play the, the actual piano as a, kind of the more main instrument. And eventually asked me to lead worship. And then they asked me to speak on a Wednesday. Or no, it was on a Sunday. They were going to be gone. They asked me to speak. I had never spoken to a congregation in my life. And they, they asked me, said, I, you know, would you speak? Sure. Okay. I'm putting scriptures together and spoke. And to my surprise, I mean, it was, I, I, you know, you've never spoken in front of people. And you're like, you know, you're speaking for all these minutes, what are you going to say? There was just a flow to do it. I was as surprised as anybody. And they asked me to do it again. Well, I didn't, I didn't know when I started going to church that I was ultimately going to be a pastor. I did not know that. I certainly didn't know I was going to be out here in Boston, the East Coast. I just knew I'm supposed to be hooked up in this church. That, I, I was like, I, I told my family, I said, if I have to go to every church in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, I'm going, I'm going to find the right one. And of course, started with the Raymond Church, went there, and, you know, went to another one next week. I was like, no, it's, I'm supposed to be the first one. And I went, I just kept going. Well, the gifts that were inside of me were being developed and, and they recognized something on me and I didn't, but they asked me to speak. Well, then they asked me to speak again. And eventually I already knew that was after I had gone to get acquainted with Rama Weekend. I mean, I had already done that. I was thinking about this stuff, but I didn't know what area or whatever. I'm just walking through, walking the plan of God out. But I was able to be developed, and uh, I, I started speaking. I, I would speak for them even when they weren't there. They'd ask me to preach once in a while, and he would give me feedback, and I, and I grew in that, and eventually got to the place where need to go, next step. 
So the pastor is facilitating that. He's making the way for that. He's making the structure for that. The different areas, he doesn't have to oversee all the different areas. He's making the the fact that there's an ability to, to, to volunteer over here. And so he's leading the overall organization and saying, we as a congregation are going in this direction. And if we know I'm supposed to be part of that congregation, then there's going to be a slot there for me to, to develop in the things of God and in the plan of God so that I'm going to end up where I'm supposed to be for that season. Amen? And that's what happened there. And then went to Ramah. Well, there's all kinds of stuff. You can wear yourself out at Ramah. I mean, it's a huge church. We knew that going in, but it was like, which things are we supposed to be involved in? Pastor Hagen, I never worked directly with Pastor Hagen on anything. He's the one that leads it and puts the structure in place and then the people under so that it can happen. But at Rhema, yes, I was, as, I was going there as a Bible student, but I was also moving forward in the plan of God for my life being involved in the things that I was led to do, but was facilitated by the church, which was ultimately facilitated by the pastor, which is his anointing and calling is to feed and to lead and to guide and help that whole congregation move forward. He doesn't have to do it personally, but he puts the structure in place for it to happen. That's what goes on. And so that's part of that role. So when we see here, if we, verse 12, Ephesians 4, verse 12, You guys are believing with me to to get out what I need to get out this morning. Amen. Speak what I need to speak. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 12, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine to the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Praise God. So I have something specific I want to get to. We'll see if we, we um, get to it. But let's look at Acts 20, verse 20. And I want to get into something, but you know, there's some other things going on here that I want to make sure we don't shortchange. Acts 20, verse 28. It says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Notice, he's talking, again, that word overseers, same word that's used uh, for bishop, for uh, a number of places. In fact, Let's read Acts 20 and 28, and then I'll interject something here. Verse 28 says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. So he's talking to pastors. He's saying, you take heed to yourselves and the flock. That's a local congregation. Among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Okay, so who puts a pastor in place? The Holy Spirit. Now, we have a structure. And just so you know, in our local church, in, in Rama, which is the school we graduated from, the organization, the ministry, we have a whole leadership structure that facilitates um, just us having fellowship and us being part of something greater. So Pastor Hagen leads, Kenneth W. Hagen in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, leads the organization overall. He leads the, the Bible church, the Rama Bible Church there. He he, he um, helps to oversee 
thousands of graduates around the world and thousands of churches that are pastored by graduates, 100,000 plus graduates in the world. There's 200 and something Bible schools. And he helps facilitate that. Then in the U.S., there is a leader over um, all the graduates in the U.S. His name is Doug Jones in, in Broken Arrow, though. He's the national director. Then under that, they have regional directors in different parts of the U.S. We have one in the Northeast. Pastor Sam Smucker is in the Northeast, which is all of New England, Pennsylvania, New York. Then we have a district director, um, Pastor Dave Rogers, who's up in Maine, and that's over Maine, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. And so there's this structure. So we have men and women functionally in place to facilitate that, but they don't call you. They don't tell you to go be a pastor. They don't send you. They just facilitate that happening. So that's the same with everything. But notice, you don't, it's not somebody saying, ooh, I want to go be in this role. It is, what does the Holy Spirit say? And he sets people in that role. Now, what happens is, there is a licensing process and an ordination process. After a little bit, uh, they, they will license you early on, so you're licensed to do it through Rama. but then ordination is subsequent. Uh, ordination after a few years, they will say, there is fruit to your ministry in this area, and we as elders, in the, that means they're all fivefold ministry, we recognize the call of God on your life, we support it, and we say the Holy Spirit has truly called you to do this, and then you're ordained. That just means we are putting our, we're saying, yes, the Spirit of God has called you. So there is, a, there is a natural thing. And what we are involved with is very much, there's a structure. You're not just, it's not just Shelly and I just out here. I mean, there are people that are like that. But they, we are part of a, a structure and men and women of God that have proven themselves in saying, we see the Holy Spirit working. And so there is that natural part. But no man can call you into the ministry. It is a supernatural function. So it is a supernatural thing the way we're fed in that structure. So that when we hook up with a church, we're saying, this person is somebody that God, if I'm called, if I'm supposed to be hooked up with this church, a church, then that means I'm going to be fed and led in a certain way that's going to help me run my race for God and that it's supernatural Jesus doing, you know, the Holy Spirit doing it through that mechanism. That's what I'm saying. And so I'm saying, I agree with that and I see it. And I'm saying, yes, sir, God, I'll be here. And then the rest of it follows from that. So we, we are not looking, we're not looking for something bright and shiny or something that sounds cool to say, oh, I want to be over here. We're actually saying, God, the Lord Jesus, head of the church overall, where do you want me and where are you going to help me lead, be led in what you have for me? Does that make sense? So it is not, hey, I want to go there or there. It is, God, where's my assignment? So because you're going to feed me, you're going to guide me, you're going to facilitate my growth, and you've put 
people in place, pastors to help shepherd, to feed and lead local congregations. Where is my assignment so that I can be what you want me to be and you're going to facilitate me going forward? That is so much more serious and holy than most people have made it. Did you hear me? Most people are like, ah, let me see. I'll just look up a bunch of them and I'll come and ah, I don't really like you, but I, I, you say these things not quite right. I don't really like your styles. I'm going to go try over here. And I'll listen to you, ah, you know, but then there's this, this children's ministry and quite what I want. You don't have, ah, so I'm going to go check this out. And they're looking like they're shopping. They're acting like they're shopping for a car. You're not. You're, you are saying, God, Almighty, King of the universe, where do you want me to go so that I can fulfill your plan for my life? There is one answer to that question at any given time. Did you hear me? I'm not saying it's legal. You don't get legalistic or scared about it. It's just so much more holy than people have made it. It's more serious than people have made it. People act sometimes like they're doing you a favor for coming to church. I'm saying historically. I was guilty of that, so I can talk about it. I went. I mean, I just, I hang my head. I went. And I want to, you know, early on, I'm talking to Pastor Gail and Mrs. Kissling. They're in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I'm senior in college. Talking, I played the piano my whole life, and, you know, I can play okay. But they had some keyboard, and I was talking to them after service. I was like, hey, you know, and I just said this. I'm just telling on myself, all right? But I'm comfortable telling this part. I'm like, you know, and we were talking about stuff, and I was like, so, you know, I play the piano. I mean, maybe that's why God sent me to your church to help you with that. And Miss Kissling Craig, she said, it's Jesus' church. It's the Lord's church. She wasn't mean about it. She's so sweet. Shelly says she's so sweet. She is. Sweet, sweet as you'll ever find on the earth. But I was, I was mistaken. I was ignorant. I didn't know what I was saying. Thank God they loved me. You know, like, hey, I'm a college student. I, I can help you in your band. No. God, what do you want me to do? These people have been put over this church. What do you want me to do? I mean, now, if I were going, that's the attitude, I'd be like, and that's basically what I did. They put me, <laughs> okay, so... Now, if I'm that comfortable saying this, because, you know, it could be taken all kinds of ways. They put me as a greeter for one Sunday. <laughs> and I never greeted again. I don't know. I, I don't think I did anything wrong. I mean, honestly, I don't think I did anything wrong. I just thought, you know, maybe they could use me somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> that was Jim 2000, or 1996. Whatever. I'm not saying they didn't think I was supposed to go put. It is what it is. Draw your own conclusion. Asked me to clean the church, asked me to do I just said yes. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. But I came in. I, I'm not acting like that I'm doing them a favor being there. Question. Are you doing Jesus a favor? So that's what we have. You see, we have to understand 
the mentality. We're dealing with the mentality because you know that the earth, the world, they act like you're doing, they're, are you going to get my business, right? I don't know if I like, I'll give you a one-star review, or whatever, you know, in business. And that's what they act like with the church. Like, I'm just going to see, and if I like you, you know, I'll say, yeah, you're okay, but they don't treat it like I'm serving God Almighty. He's put this structure in place. Do I, is this where I'm supposed, is this my post? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Would we ever act like, hey, God, I'm doing you as, Lord Jesus, I'm doing you a favor. You got me to serve here. (laughs) Would we? Everybody, hopefully the answer is no. But I told you, I was dumb. that's That's what we act like. That's what the world acts like. They have no idea what they're doing when they act like, hey, you know, I just, maybe I'll go here, here, and they, but, but, you know, be fair, the church has made it, like, commercial. A lot of churches have made it real commercial. We're trying to, let's do this so that we can, you know, get people in, or we'll cut this out so that we can keep people, or whatever. That's nonsense. Are we serving God or not? Are we, do, are we, are we, is this a commercial thing? Is this a club thing? Or is this the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, a local congregation, wherever it may be, and we are serving Him to do His will? And then what do we do? You know, we're to hook up however he would have, the, how he set. But he's going to facilitate that's going to be in a local body. It will be. In whatever way that is, even people that are in the fivefold ministry. You know, uh, there's a lot of those that travel out of Rhema Bible Church. Pastor Hagen will tell you, he does not control their lives. He doesn't control their ministry. But they're hooked up with the structure. They're there to be part of an organization and they have a pastor and they know they can call him if they need to. We said this before, not that he or any pastor is better of a person. See, that's error. People have gone, went way over here and they made it like, you know, there's this, this control thing and that somebody's elevated and put people on a pedestal. The Bible doesn't do that. What it does do is put roles in the body of Christ to all honor God, to facilitate the growth of his body so that people can grow. And what we do is work within that structure and, and honor him. We honor people. We, we're honoring him, but we're honoring people because we're honoring him. And we work with that, and then we grow and develop and move on in the plan of God. And the pastor is one that's called to facilitate that happening. So let's, let's close, and we're going to close, but read uh, Acts 20, verse 28 here. <clears throat> Again, and I just want you to see it. And then we'll, we'll wrap up. This says, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Overseers. That's pastor. That means you're, you're overseeing something. Made you to shepherd the church which he purchased with his own blood. I don't know about you, but when it says, which he purchased with his own blood, that's such a precious statement. That's like God, I don't know if you can see the preciousness of what he's saying here. He's saying God made you an overseer for the church, which he purchased with his blood. It's a very, it's a, he's saying, I put you as an overseer to, to help facilitate what is very precious to me, what I purchased with my blood. He's the shepherd. In the NIV, it says, 
Keep watch over yourselves and over all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. In the Amplified, it says, Take care and be on guard for yourselves and for the whole flock which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers to shepherd, to tend, to feed, to guide the church of God which he bought with his own blood. So you see it very clearly. It says that the Holy Spirit is putting, appointed people to shepherd, which is this, to tend, to feed, and to guide. When the psalmist, when David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, it says that same thing. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. It says the same thing about a pastor. The pastor is the under-shepherd doing what Jesus is doing. It's just how he's working on the earth. And I was thinking we'd get into more of some of that this morning, but I think we covered what we need to cover. But notice, there is an element... Look at it in the Amplified 2028. We're not going to touch on this, but I just want to, in closing, just this is, I thought we would go more on this, but I think we covered what we needed to cover. Verse 28 says, Take care and be on guard for yourselves and for the whole flock. And I'll just say this briefly. There is that element as well. It says, Be on guard for the flock. There is a watching. There's other scriptures that I have not going to go into. It talks about watching over for the flock as to people that you're going to have to give account to. Part of the pastor's role is just keeping an eye up on certain things. Certain things are said in society and in Christendom that are starting to go off or are wrong and, and, or somebody is dealing with something in their life and the pastor is just there watching, just like a shepherd would and saying, wait a minute. Not that he controls anything. A lot of it's supernatural. It's by the word of God and the spirit of God. But it will supernaturally help people be guarded from being attacked and devoured by the devil. And when people think, no, I'm, okay, I'm good. I'm out here by myself. You don't have that. Do you hear that? You don't have that. You're out by yourself and you don't have that ability to be uh, protected at, to the degree that you would if you were under or if you were in the place where you needed to be. So praise God. He is good. He is the good shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. He is the great shepherd. And as Christians, we go and we say, Lord, I trust you. And I trust what you're doing. And I, I, I just put myself under you. And I'm hooked up where you would have me to be. And I thank you that you'll lead me and guide me. We don't exalt people. We exalt the Lord and what he's doing. Amen. 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 Praise God.